Active FM presents Food for Thought with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Vicky Ensley. Good morning, Active Church. Let's just pray to him and ask you to repeat after me. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to my life, that you administer to my heart, that your word would be revealed to me today in a way that I can understand it, in a way that I can uh, do it and speak it and see it change my life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing with our series that we've done the last few weeks called the uh, Life in the Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about living for a real hope. Living for a real hope. You know, if you're living for the hopes of the world, then at the end of the day, you're going to be in a situation whereby um, not much is going to happen good for you. Because at the end of the day, whatever you hope for in this world is going to have an end. And either you're going to end before it or it's going to end before you. But either way, it's going to end up in grief. Now, we looked in the first week at the, the fact that when we're living in the Spirit, it's a new, a new law to live by. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. It is death. You will die. You will die even before your body dies. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. When you're living by the flesh, you do not have peace on the inside of you. Then you need to crack a can of something. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when you crack the can, then you feel peace because you maybe got a whole lot of alcohol swimming in your brain. You, you know what I mean? And um, that's not peace. That's just being out of it. Now, the last week we looked at the fact that we are heirs with Christ. In other words, heirs of what? An heirs when you're going to inherit. We are heirs of everything that Christ has. Now, um, some people don't like those verses from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, with a great commission, because all they see in that is work. But let me tell you something. What they forget about is what it starts with, where Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, Therefore, go and make disciples. But here's the thing. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. All authority. In other words, all authority that is everywhere in the universe has been given to Jesus. And here's the big deal. We are heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. So yeah, yeah, here's the big deal. We, If we are co-heirs with Jesus then that means we are co-heirs of all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, I don't know too many people that are going to find a problem with that. But that's the authority that we're living for. That's the authority that we're learning how to walk in when we're walking in our daily Christian walk, to, to live in that kind of authority. And, and I want to tell you that um, this is real. It is very real. And, and last week we looked at the fact that it's time to believe that you're led by the Spirit and then do it. Just, just be led by the Spirit. Just start doing what the Spirit tells you to do. Just start doing what you read in the Bible. And then take on the new mind of freedom. There is freedom when you, when, when you take on the new mind. The new mind that comes by the Spirit. There is total freedom. 
There is complete freedom. Romans 8 verse 15 and 16, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. If you are living by the flesh, you are living in fear. Rather, the spirit you have received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So God becomes your daddy. If you are living in fear, if you fear anything, whatever you're afraid of right now, you are living in the flesh. And do not forget the incredible inheritance that you have in Christ Jesus. That inheritance of all authority. And if you are battling with fear, and if you are battling to, 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 to live in what, in what Jesus has given you, then get to the cross. Get to the cross. Now, today I want us to speak about living for a real hope. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 30 says this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager anticipation for the children of God to be revealed. In other words, you become a child of God when you give your life to Jesus. The whole of creation is eagerly waiting for you to be revealed. The whole of creation is desperately waiting for you. And then it says in verse 19, for the, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and be brought into the freedom and glory, and, and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for good for those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those who God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. Here's the thing. God has predestined you for salvation. God has predestined for you to live forever with Him in glory in the new Jerusalem. God has predestined you for this. And if He's predestined you, He's called you. He's calling you. He's calling out your name. And those he's called, he's also justified. Now, what does he, what does he do, do to justify you? He justifies you with the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus puts you in a place where you can answer the call. You can't answer the call of God before you're justified. So he's justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. You know when you're going around seeking for your own glory? Stop seeking for your own glory because if you seek the Lord, he's going to give you his glory. And you're going to shine like the sun. That's the promise that is in the word of God. 
Now I want you to think about what this passage was talking about. What it was focusing on. And it, and it, and it focused on the fact that the world is a frustrated place. People are so frustrated. People are so angry. People feel trapped. People feel like there's chains all around them, all over them and on them. And this, this is true. Because all creation is frustrated. And, and what is the frustration? The frustration is the bondage that we're under, the bondage of decay. Decay means you're gradually rotting every single day. Now, if you don't think your body's rotting, just get 30 years older and look in the mirror. Trust me, it's rotting. Tell the person next to you, say, trust me, it's rotting. Okay, many of us are young, so, so look at your neighbor and say, don't worry about what you look like now. <laughs> Tell them, right now you look good. But in 30 years, you can even tell them, yeah, just look at the pastor. He used to be a good-looking man 30 years ago. You can ask my wife, you know what I'm saying? And now look at him now, you know what I'm saying? Look at him now. It's coming for all of you. Tell the person next to you, say, hey, it's coming for all of you. And some of you are saying, how can you speak like that? Well, go look in the old age home. That's what we're all going to end up looking like, you know what I'm saying? And then wait until someone dies and then see what they look like then. I don't know. Have you, seen, have you seen what someone who's been dead for two months looks like? Huh? You know, if you're scared of worms, don't worry. You'll have plenty of worms coming out of you. You know what I mean? That's a, now, that decay freaks us out. We don't even like talking about it. We don't like talking about death. Why? Because we're frustrated by it. We're frustrated by the fact that we're going to die. And... This is bondage, which means we're slaves, we're trapped, we're locked up, we're prisoners. And so all creation is crying out for freedom. All creation is crying out for the children of God to be revealed. And how does this manifest in a way that we can look at practically? Look at COVID. Look at all of the restrictions that have come about because of COVID. You know, one of the things I laugh about is I often hear them say that Melbourne in Australia is the most lockdown city in the world. They've been locked down for so many days. And I think, you know what, we haven't come out of lockdown since the 26th of March 2020. If it, if it carries on much longer, we're going to be locked down for like seven, well, 365 times two. What's that? You know, 730 days soon. Because we're still in lockdown even today. And, 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 and then you look at the politics of today. How frustrated are people with politics? You saw it now with our last local government elections here in South Africa. People are frustrated. They are frustrated. And all of these are a sign that creation is groaning. Because it's not a new thing. We think it's new in our day. What do you think the people in World War II felt? It's the same groaning. On top of that, you look at, if you, if you look at the world, you've seen an incredible amount of volcanoes and storms. I mean, there's a whole island, Las Palmas, I think it's called. Uh, you know, there's a whole extra piece of the island from the volcano, but, but half the town that was there has been wiped out by, by the lava. There's volcanoes in Ireland, and, and at one stage every day, you are seeing new volcanoes popping up all over the world. If you look at these volcanoes and the storms, you know, they always talk about climate change. It's not climate change. It's creation that is groaning. 
Creation is groaning. It's crying out for freedom. And all of these are a sign of this. The signs of creation groaning are all around us. They're in us. They're even in our own hearts. And, and when you look at the world, therefore, the world has no real hope to offer us. In fact, if you've been watching guys, you know, talking about business stuff, there's a lot of guys that are predicting in 2022 the American economy is going to crash. There are people that are claiming that the Chinese economy has already crashed. So if that be the case, if China and America's economies crash, then what's going to happen? There's no hope. But just what the Bible says, our present suffering is nothing compared to our future glory. I want to tell you that if you're afraid and you're worried about that, you need to get into the Spirit. You need to start discovering God. You need to realize that He's real. He needs to become real too. Romans 8 verse 18. I consider, now this is the Apostle Paul. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. When we, when we get this glory, when this glory is revealed to us, that has been promised to us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that glory is going to make the suffering look like absolutely nothing. And so Paul considered his suffering as nothing. Why? He had a revelation of the future glory that is going to be revealed in us. You don't have to go and chase after your own glory. Because whatever glory you can get for yourself is pathetic in comparison to the, to the future glory that's going to be given to you by Almighty God. And let me tell you something. When you're living for the Lord and you're living by the Holy Spirit, people see that glory in you already right now. If you desire to overcome the world, press into God's presence. I'm telling you now, press into God's presence. Uh, ask Him to give you wisdom. If you ask Him, He will give it. Ask Him to give you a, a, a revelation of the glory that will be revealed in you. And when He gives you a revelation, in your mind's eye, you will see it. You will see it. It will excite you. You will walk out of your room so excited, so energetic that you're ready to go. Because that glory is going to be something that cannot even be put into words. But God will show you a picture so you'll see it, so you'll know what it looks like. Press into God so that you experience Him and allow God to make Himself real to you. If you allow God to make Himself real to you, He will make Himself real to you. And when He does that, you will have joy. You will have joy for the sufferings of this world are nothing compared to His future glory. And let me tell you, no matter what you go through, something on the inside of you will say that, that, that this joy far exceeds that which I'm going through. My prayer is that that's where we get to in 2022. That we experience that. That incredible joy no matter what we're going through. And this joy comes from the fact that our Christian hope is based on what is not yet seen. In Romans 8, 23 and 25, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, what we've got now is only a piece of what we're going to have. And, and tell, let me tell you something, that's a freaking awesome piece. Eh? It's an unbelievable piece. 
But we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, when our bodies are going to be resurrected. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. What, so who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we, what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Who hopes for what they already have? Only an idiot. Imagine if someone has a car and they're hoping for that car, but they got it. They're driving it. They have to service it. And so now I want you to understand something. You know, you've got two things in life. The first one is faith. And I want to tell you what faith is. Faith is for now. Faith is for now. So for example, when you give into special offering and you're believing for a harvest for your seed, that is faith. Faith is for now. Faith is for 2022. What have you put your faith in? What are you believing God for? I want to challenge you. I've been challenging you now for the last six months. What are you believing God for? I want to encourage you with every fiber in my being. Start believing God. Obviously for godly things. Don't believe for him to help you rob a bank. But believe him for healing. Believe him for provision. That is faith. Faith is about what we can see. We can see the output that comes from faith. If you can't see it, it ain't faith. If it doesn't come to pass in your life, it ain't faith. But hope is different. You see, we hope for things that we cannot see. Hope is about eternity. We cannot hope for what we already have. We cannot hope for a relationship with Jesus. Because we already have it. We cannot hope for the Holy Spirit. Because we already have Him. We cannot hope for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we already have the church. We cannot hope for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is here. Wherever the church is, the kingdom of God is there. Imagine how stupid it would be for me to hope that Vicky is my wife. When she's been my wife and it will soon be for an incredible amount of years being 28. Imagine if after 28 years of marriage, I'm still hoping for Vicky to be my wife. You're actually going to lock me up in Torah before I can even say amen. You know what I'm saying? And, and so that's not hope. What we can see is not hope. We hope for what we do not see. Hope is what we cannot see. What can we not see? We cannot see the glory of heaven. When we hope for what we do not have, then we wait for that which has been given to us in glory. We wait for it patiently. Let me tell you something. When you kill the hope, you kill the person. People without hope can do the most evil things because they have no hope. If you have no hope, you have no reason to live. If you have no hope, you're a dead duck sitting there in a pond. You'll be probably lying sideways and there'll be flies all over you. Kill the hope, you kill the person. The greatest thing we have right now is to know that God works all things for good for those who love Him. All things, church. God works all things for good for those who love Him. In Romans 8, verse 27 to 30, and He who searches the hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit. So He who searches the hearts 
and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the Spirit right now is interceding. In other words, He's standing in the gap for you before the Father. And he's, he's doing it according to God's will. And God's will for you is good. God's will for you is the best thing. God's will for you is the best stuff. And then it says, and we know that in all things God works for good for those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You see what God's looking for? Jesus being the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. He wants to add you as brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you become a joint heir. That is what God is looking for. Every person around you, every place that you go to, God is looking for brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's an awesome God. He loves the whole world. He loves everyone. He desperately wants everyone to become His children. But God works all things for good for those who love Him. It takes faith to believe that. And faith has to be rested on everlasting hope. The Spirit intercedes for us. It means He, pray, he prays for us when we do not know what to pray. This is why if you can pray in tongues, it's such an awesome thing. Because in, you're praying, but the Holy Spirit is actually the one speaking. And He's going to, 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 to be asking the Father for exactly what you need in accordance with the Father's will. It'll line up with the Father's will. You will get it. You will get it. It will happen. And when we're filled with the Spirit, we know that God works all things for our good. We know that He's predestined us for glory. And it's so exciting. It's so uplifting. It's so liberating. No matter how much we could be thrown into prison, even if we were thrown into prison for our faith, it's an incredible thing. There's nothing like it. What an exciting thought that we are destined for glory. What an exciting thought. Our visa to glory. You know when you go to another country you need a visa? Our visa to glory is the blood of Jesus. Think about it. He called us. Then when He's called us, He justified us. And He justified us to make us worthy of the calling. And then once He's justified us, He glorified us. The glory of God already exists today in our spirit. And I want to tell you that people who don't know Jesus, they can see that glory in you. Especially if you're living by the Spirit. They see the glory of God in you. They don't know what it is that they see. But they see the glory of God in you. Many of them will be attracted to you because of it. Some of them will hate your guts because of it. But they see the glory of God. And the glory of God brings forth the character of Christ in us. And the character of Christ is what God wants to develop in our lives. When we have the character of Christ, we start off by being fruitful. And eventually we'll move on and we will begin to multiply. You want a, a life where you see multiplication of your efforts. Let me tell you, you're desperate for that. And in Jesus, we see that we have the best example of how a person's life should be. There really is no better example than Jesus of what our life should look like. 
If you think about Jesus, he never made any hasty decisions without consulting the Father. Jesus always consulted the Father. He never reacted inappropriately to any situation. He never allowed a lack of discretion to come in and mess things up. We also see that he was productive and successful in everything he did. I want to say that again. Jesus was productive. In other words, when, when, when he did something, it multiplied. That's productive. That's what productive means. And he was successful in everything he did. When we become like Jesus, that's us. He was the best friend. He was the best pastor. He was the best the, 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 the best cell leader. He was the best husband. He was the best wife. He was the best child. He was the best at whatever he did. And so as Christians, it is our responsibility to reflect the same character as our Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, part of it is righteous living, but part of it is being productive and successful. That is our responsibility. And that is why Paul said in Ephesians 4.13, Until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We're working. We're focusing on the blood of Jesus. We're focusing on what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're focusing on our relationship with the Lord. We're doing what He commands us to do. And we're doing this when? Until we attain the unity of faith. You know, when we all become mature like this, we will automatically be unified because whoever has the mind of the Spirit is going to be unified because they're going to be thinking the same things. To a mature man, to, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, you have stature when you get to the place where you command the fullness of Christ. You have stature. God wants you to be a person of stature. And we should understand that a person is a result of their character. You are a result of your character. Your character will end up producing what your life will become. And I want to tell you that no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, no matter what you may be embarrassed of, here's the thing. You can come back to Jesus. You can throw yourself at the feet of the cross. Now, here's the problem. There are many people who have a heart for God, but they're consistently battling with their character. I want to ask you today, has anyone ever told you what you did not want to hear? And then everything inside you begins to erupt with bad attitudes and bad words. That's a character flaw. Or perhaps you're bitter about some of the difficult situations that surround you. And therefore, because of your bitterness, no one sees the joy of the Lord in you. As far as people around you are concerned, you don't have the joy of the Lord. 
when they stuck that spear into Jesus' side, what Jesus did was he poured out his life through his blood so that we could receive the fullness of all that he is. That is his character. We've been praying the last two weeks about our wounds being healed. And the reason why our wounds need to be healed is because it's only a, a healed heart that can operate according to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that character is reflected by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I want you to note with the fruit of the Spirit that the fruit spoken of there is plural. It's singular, sorry, it's singular, not plural. When you have the Holy Spirit, all those things form a part of the fruit, singular of the Holy Spirit. They're all aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So what this means is that when we apply the blood of Jesus, we develop in all aspects of the fruit simultaneously at the same time. So I want to ask you, what fruit do you have in your character? Is your character like the character of Jesus? And I want you to look at that list on the screen. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. The wrong fruit is fear. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. The wrong fruit is bitterness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace. The wrong fruit is worry. Anytime you're worrying, you know you're not under the Holy Spirit. The devil's having his way with you. Anytime you worry. We all have that battle. And that's why when we learn to pray now, if we if we'll link into the to, to those things every day and we and we'll do it and, and we'll learn how to pray and, and we'll build up a habit so that after the fast, we're gonna be praying all year, every single day. We're gonna be starting our day out with the Lord. We're gonna have a lot less worry. When you have little prayer, you have a lot of worry. When you have a lot of prayer and a lot of time, a lot of encounters with the Lord, you have little worry. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is patient, but the wrong fruit is impatience. You always like to blame other people for your impatience, don't you? When other people make you impatient, then you get angry with them, but they're not the problem. You are. God gives you the fruit of patience when you apply the blood of Jesus. The, the right fruit is the fruit of goodness. The wrong fruit is evil. If the fruit of evil is coming out of your life, you need to get to the Lord. Start having an encounter with Jesus. The right fruit is faithfulness, where people can trust you. You keep your word. The wrong fruit is doubt. Why do you break your word with people? Because of doubt. You doubt that God's going to be good to you if you have to be faithful even when it hurts. The right fruit is gentleness. The wrong fruit is rebellion. Notice how rebellion is the opposite of gentleness. And the right fruit is self-control. The wrong fruit is chaos. If your life's in chaos, 
then what that shows is that you need Jesus. Because when the Holy Spirit fills you and you're living life by the Spirit, you have self-control. Self-control comes with the Holy Spirit. He gives it to you. Self-control is the ability to control yourself. Self-control is the ability to organize your life. If you've been able to note that there are things in your character that still do not reflect the character of Christ, or if you've thought that there are things in your personality that simply cannot be changed because they're a part of you, then I would like to tell you that the Lord's desire is for you to be full of the fruit of the Spirit. You also need to know that those bad habits are are not a permanent part of your life. They're simply the consequence of bad experiences or they're the consequence of of, of wrong patterns of behavior. And the enemy has used these to prevent you from, from reflecting Jesus. So I want you to close your eyes wherever you are. But I just want you to think about where you stand right now with the Lord. I want you to think about where you stand in relation to the fruit. I want you to think about maybe you're sitting there and you realize I'm not right with God. Or or maybe there's guilt and you, you mask it from the world, you hide it from the world, but there's guilt at what you're doing. What you're doing bugs you, never mind anyone else. Or maybe as you're sitting there, you just feel empty and void of any purpose. And, and as we've spoken about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, God's been speaking to you. And now you're thinking, you know, do I want to make a commitment? And the Lord's saying, look, I've opened you up to me today. I've been speaking to you. I've reached into your soul today. And the Lord is saying to you, you need to reach back now. Because the enemy is working overtime. And you don't know if you'll have another opportunity to hear from me again. No matter how long you live. No matter how many years you may live for. In a moment, if if that is you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. And we're going to pray with you and we're also going to apply the blood of restoration, the blood that was shed from Jesus' side. But if you're watching online, please send us an email to info at theactivechurch.org. Say either I'm giving my life to Jesus for the first time or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus or I need to repent and I need to be healed of wounds. Because we'd love to get in contact with you and um, work with you to see the Lord touch your life. If you're at Salbi or at one of the other sites, someone will see you, your hand there. If you're here or at one of the sites and you need to give your life to Jesus, the Lord's been speaking to you, maybe you need to recommit your life or maybe you just need to repent or maybe there's wounds and you just need to, you need to apply the blood of restoration in faith today. Then raise your hand. 
So while all eyes have closed, I'm going to ask you right now to raise your hand. I see the hands that have gone up. A number of hands have gone up. Is there anyone else? I just feel I need to speak to someone here today. Someone that's part of this service. You may be hurting. And there's a stubborn wound and it's preventing you from getting anywhere with God. And the Lord wants to heal you today. Just raise your hand if that's you. And he says, if you're going to make that declaration, if you're going to say that prayer, today I'm going to heal you of that wound. I'm going to heal your soul. That spiritual infection is going to go. Is there anyone like that? Just raise your hand right now. Thanks, I see your hand in the front here. Is there anyone else? We're going to pray together today. And I'm going to ask as we pray that you just see yourself saying this prayer with meaning. That you see Jesus hanging on the cross for you. That you see his blood being shed for you. That you see the love of the Father for you. Holy Spirit, I ask you just to minister to every single one of us right now in this moment. That we will experience complete renewal. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat after me to support those who've raised their hands. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me on the cross. And I declare that at this altar, you are washing away all my sin. You are destroying all my, all my rebellion. And you're healing my body. And you're healing my soul. Lord, I declare that because of my faith that I'm placing in you right now, my outstanding balance with God is paid. It has been wiped out. It has been cleansed. I'm in right standing with the Father from now on. And I ask you, Lord, just to touch me by the power of your Holy Spirit. I ask you just to heal my wounds. I give you my heart. I give you my life. And Jesus, I open my heart that you can come in and live with me. And today, Lord, <clears throat> I apply the blood that was shed from your right side. And I declare, say, I declare, say, I declare that by the power of your blood, your blood replaces my character with the fruit of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, because your blood has, has removed all fear and given me your perfect love, <clears throat> exchanging my bitterness for joy, my worry for patience. My ungodliness for your kindness. My evil for your goodness. My doubt for your faithfulness. My rebellion for humility. And my lack of self-restraint for self-control. I praise you, Lord, 
in Jesus' name. Amen. You turn seas into highways You're the only